This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, Hopeland Church? Pastor Sean here. Super excited about today as we dive into our series, Making Room. Uh, today, as this is premiering, uh, is the last day of our fast. We're ending it after church today. And so just wanted to thank everybody over the past uh, couple weeks um, just joining with us in this. I, I hope and pray that this sets the tone for your year. Um, you know, really just sets the tone for your personal life. And I know it has been a blessing and we will see the fruit of this, all right? So I just wanna say thank you. Uh, praise the Lord, making room. And uh, we made some room this month um, in the beginning of this year to fast and to pray. Um, made room to hear from God, made room for him to speak, um, to give us direction, uh, to give us revelation and all that good stuff. So once again, thank you everybody. Um, it, this has been a blessing. And so uh, we're going to dive into this uh, message today. Once again, uh, this is part four, all right, of making room. And, and we're going to uh, look at um, uh, Joseph today and his life and how um, he made room and how God really made room for him in what he was called to do. All right, so let me just open up in prayer. And then we're going to jump into the book of Genesis here. So, uh, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, prophetic revelation. We pray for divine inspiration. We pray, uh, Lord, that our faith is stirred, our spirits are fed, and, and Lord, we, we really receive something from, from you today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said amen. All right, folks, uh, turning your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. I'm going to read, just kind of give an introduction to this. I'm going to be reading uh, Genesis 37 verses 5 to 11, okay, just to provide uh, kind of some context for today and, and where we're headed here. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move quickly. I really want to uh, deposit this into your heart and your life today. And so here we go. Once again, Genesis 37 verse 5. Uh, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. They had already hated him because his father gave him a coat of many colors, which is interesting because those kind of things are given to royalty. And um, uh, the Bible says that uh, Jacob loved um, uh, Joseph more than any, any of the other sons. So they were jealous. And part of what he did is give him this coat which is kind of like a little extreme uh, in the culture of that day to give a teenager this type of a coat. Uh, but I believe his father was just making a point and it stirred up jealousy and envy in his brothers all the more. Uh, verse six, so he said to them, please hear this dream which I've dreamed. Um, there we were binding sheaves in the field Then behold my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Verse eight, and his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. 
Verse 9, then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the even, and 11 stars bowed down to me. Come on now, it's talking about um, uh, the 11, uh, mentioning uh, his brothers, really. Um, bowed down to me. Verse 10, so he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. All right, so here we go. Um, I'm just gonna start here, just so we kind of know where we're headed here. But here's the first point today. Uh, divine purpose is where we begin. Um, this was something from God, all right? Gave him two dreams. He shared them and uh, his family um, didn't respond favorably, all right? Um, you know, it says that they hated him even more. His father rebuked him and his brothers envied him, all right? And so, but this is the point here. Regardless of all that, this was the beginning of something for Joseph. This began everything. And I want to encourage you in, in, in respect to one of our prayer focuses for our fast is prophetic vision and prophetic revelation, okay? Um, it could be a, a vision, a dream, uh, a revelation from the word. It could be a prophetic word that somebody had spoken over you, confirmed something for you. Whatever it is, in this case for Joseph, it was a dream, a literal dream um, that kind of spoke to something about him and his future. He didn't know all the answers or what it all meant, but the point is this, divine purpose is where we begin. That's where life truly begins. That's where uh, walking with God begins. This isn't just, oh, I believe in Jesus and I'm gonna try to do life uh, better right? No. Uh, yeah, you're going to do life better. Yeah, you believe in Jesus. Yeah, but all that good stuff. But but uh, there is something to be said about divine purpose, uh, God's sovereign plan for your life, God's hand on your life, God's anointing on your life, the vision, the dream, all that stuff. I mean, this is all over the scriptures. Every person we study, you look at the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Joseph, Noah, right? There, there, was, there was this divine purpose. You look at the 12 disciples, you look at Peter, you look at the apostle Paul, you look at Jesus as he walked the earth as a man. You look at um, Gideon, Samson, I mean, everybody, uh, Esther. There was this call, this thing, this, this thing to be obedient to, this thing to fulfill, this thing that came from heaven. God put his hand on these people, Samuel, David, right? So divine purpose is where we begin, all right? And so you have a divine purpose. It is not your purpose. It is God's purpose. It is, in a sense, something you walk out, but this is from heaven. This is from God. This is how Joseph began. This is where it began. Nobody around him liked what was happening really, other than his mama, right? And, and there was some favoritism there. I mean, Joseph was in a dysfunctional family environment. 
All right, so there's hope for you and me. Somebody say amen. Uh, this was this was heaven. This was God. This was God's plan. This was a calling, a gift, uh, a capacity, a pathway, a vision, a dream that God revealed to this man, Joseph. All right, you have divine purpose. Okay, and so this is the thing. I want to give you some things here. Once we discover what we are called to do, things start to change, all right? Once we tap into that thing, and when we discover it, it doesn't mean you understand all the ins and outs of everything. Nobody in the Bible understood. They actually more times than not resisted it and were kind of clueless of what it really meant, including Joseph's family, right? They were like, they were threatened by it. They were, you know, and, and, and you got to understand this thing was in their favor. It turned out in their favor. It was for them. It wasn't against them. And they mis, they misinterpreted it. They didn't get it. It, 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 it triggered that sinful nature in them. It triggered envy. It was, you know, they, it just, they didn't know what was going on. They were clueless as to divine purpose on their little brother's life. All right, but this is the point. When we discover it, it doesn't mean we understand all of what it is. It just means that I'm here for a reason, all right? And so I'm gonna read some things from my notes here because it's so important. This is so important. This is what it means to walk with God, that, that, that my why is answered. Why am I here? You know, it, it answers the question. It answers the big question. I don't understand it all, but I know I'm here for a reason. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but I'm here for a reason. All right. This deposited something in Joseph. All right. So what does it do when we discover what it is we're called and anointed to do? What does it do for us? Here we go. It helps to clarify what we're not called to do, okay? So it helps to close the wrong doors. There's something about this that begins to set us on the right path, connecting us with the right people, engaging us in the right thing. And it's, it, it makes it easier to say no to what we're not called to do. It could be a good thing, but it's just not what God's called me to do. It could be a cool thing. I might even like it, but it is not what I am called to do. It inadvertently, when we discover the calling on our life, divine purpose, it inadvertently brings focus to life. This happened for Joseph and we're gonna see this in his life, all right? Also, what else does it do? Um, we will eventually experience honor from those that are blessed by what we're called to do. Once again, we will eventually experience honor from those that are blessed by what God has called us to do. This is why it's so important to discover this. This is why it's so important to know this, all right? It helps you to level up when you're walking through a trial because there's something more, something in the spirit, something God has told me, something um, something God has deposited, this dream, this vision, this this thing that I know I'm called to do, that helps you level up 
when you are walking through a trial, when you are going through the deep, it helps you level up because it's like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna level up soon enough. Okay, and you see this in Joseph's life. All right, it's also a source of encouragement. When you are in that, when you know this, when there is a knowing in your spirit, it, it, it's a source of encouragement when other areas of life are difficult. All right, as many of you know what we're getting at here as we're gonna look at Joseph's life, okay? I'm kinda starting with the end in mind here, but, but it is a source of encouragement when other areas of life are difficult because not all, all of life is just gonna line up and just be all nice and perfect and prim and proper and in its place. It's just not the nature of, of, of existence, right? So this divine purpose in us encourages us when other areas of life are difficult. Here it is, here's my last thought here, and then we're gonna go to Genesis 39. But the properties of prophetic vision answer the question, why am I here? All right, they answer the question. All right, so let, let, let's go to Genesis 39, all right? So um, Joseph had been, uh, Genesis 39, uh, verse one to six. Uh, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he was, he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, verse three, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Verse four, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put under his authority. Verse five, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. All right, the Lord was with Joseph. So this is after, uh, you know, his brother conspire against him to kill him. They're like, let's kill him. They strip him of his coat of many colors. Um, uh, the old eldest brother Reuben steps in and says, hey, Let's not kill him. Let's just, you know, so they throw him in a pit. He's in the pit. Then the Ishmaelites come. They sell him as a slave to the Ishmaelites. All right. Okay. And, and so he, he's sent there. Okay. And, um, and then when he gets to Egypt um, on this journey, God starts to bless him. God starts to favor him. God starts to be a blessing to, to uh, Potiphar. Okay, but this, this is my next point. Now, I'm going to say point one again. Divine purpose is where we begin. But I'm going to say this here. Affliction is part of the journey. All right. Affliction is part of the journey. Tribulation is part of the journey. Trials are a part of the journey. Some people say, oh, you know, Joseph should have never shared his dream to his brothers. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that he was prideful, that he had an ego. Nowhere in there. 
Okay? And I think sometimes we try to explain that. We're trying to explain why he suffered. We're trying to, we're trying to explain to ourselves and justify to ourselves why he suffered. And look, I don't know why, but the scripture doesn't say that he sinned. It doesn't say that he was pompous, pompous, prideful, or haughty. It does not say that. It says that he had a dream. He shared his dream. All right? And, and I understand people say, well, you got to use wisdom who you share your dream with. Um, sure, but that does not apply to these scriptures. This is the bottom line. Trials are a part of the journey. Divine purpose, your journey with God will have trials in it. There will be affliction in it. There will be trouble in it. You cannot pray it away. You cannot behave so godly that they go away. Actually, if you desire to live godly in Christ, you will suffer persecution. It is the way it is. It is the price we pay for divine purpose. The devil does not like divine purpose. He hates the word that's inside of you. He hates the divine word that's inside of you. He hates the divine seed that's inside of you. It is that divine seed that dwells within you. It is the very seed that crushed his head on the cross. All right, so, so that is what it is. Affliction is part of the journey. Now, affliction isn't all of what the journey is because it tells us this, that after the pit, after being sold into slavery, he begins to level up. That purpose begins to level up. He begins to have influence and authority. He begins to be a blessing, even in and through it. So sometimes we suffer because of poor decision-making. Anybody out there, come on, say amen. I have suffered because of poor decision-making. But the other times we suffer because of good decision-making, okay? Um, so he's in Potiphar's house. Um, Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of raping her. He was totally innocent and actually did the right thing. So he made a good choice and went to prison for it. Come on now. Martin Luther King Jr. made a good choice and went to prison for it. So good decisions and godly decisions don't always produce worldly success. Sometimes they produce suffering. Sometimes the price of godliness is trouble. Sometimes the price of living right is affliction. Sometimes the price of, of, of staying faithful is going to be a moment, a season, a time of suffering. It's the way it is. Somebody say it with me. Say it with me, folks. Affliction is a part of my journey. Say it again. Affliction is a part of the journey. All right? So here we go. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He's in the prison and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Here we go again. Here we go again. Like I said before, it's so important to know what you're called to do and to be into what you're called to do because even when you suffer, you go through affliction, you're falsely accused, um, you go through trials, suffering, distress, trouble, whatever you want to call it. When you go through it in purpose, you will level up sooner or later. You will find yourself operating in your gift, operating in your calling. You will find yourself, I'm telling you, when we are obedient and in divine purpose, when God has put his hand on us, I'm telling you, God will make room for you to operate in what you're called to do, even when you are going through a trying time. Trying times happen. Circumstances are not always favorable, but the outcome is always good. 
When we suffer in the will of God, there is always a blessing coming. There is always breakthrough coming. There is always, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a moment, a, 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 a divine moment of, of, of destiny and being a blessing to those around us. This is what happened to Joseph while in prison. Verse 22, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Both times, both times, this is interesting, both times Joseph was trusted, was trusted. He could be trusted. He could be trusted. I believe we, 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 we can't underestimate that, that character, trustworthiness. This was part of his character. This is the kind of thing that brings favor. Many times we pray for favor, but I'm telling you right now, if you are trustworthy, your boss, your leader, uh, you know, the, the person you work for, your, 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 the, pers- the people you serve, your clientele, whatever it might be, I'm telling you, trustworthiness always brings favor, influence, and authority. The keeper of the prison, verse 23 again, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Didn't have to, trusted him, trusted him because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Look it. Being falsely accused, I'm sorry, being left in a pit and sold into slavery didn't change his divine purpose. Being falsely accused and being put in prison didn't take away from his purpose. Sometimes I think we give too much credit to our suffering. But when we are in divine purpose, it takes nothing away from us. God will actually work it out for us to operate in our calling, even in the worst of situations. Look at Joseph's life, okay? So he interprets the butler's dream. He interprets the cupbearer's dream. Look, at, and, and he's like, yo, if I do this, y'all give me a good word. And he said to these guys, literally, verbatim he said get me out of this house look joseph didn't want to be there joseph was like look i got your back man this is what your dreams mean you know what i'm saying you're to one of them he was like look you're going to be back in your position to the other he's like look you're, he's going to chop your head off right so it's kind of crazy i'm not laughing um but it's just a little extreme it's almost comical but he interpreted their dreams and he's like hey man uh give me a good word get me out of here two years go by Two years, two years go by and he's called from the dungeon to interpret Pharaoh's dream now, okay? So, and as a result, Pharaoh set him over all the land of Egypt. Genesis 41 verse 50, all right? 41 verse 50, 52, I'm gonna read that in a minute. I'm gonna read that in a minute, but affliction's a part of the journey. And in affliction, know this, affliction, trial, tribulation, and trouble take nothing from your purpose. Take nothing from it. Take, they take nothing from it. They, they thwart it in no way. It's actually the pathway to purpose. If you look at Joseph's life, suffering was the pathway. Suffering was on the path. It was on the path. He wasn't to what God had ultimately called him and destined to do, but he was operating in his gifts right here. He was operating what he was called to do. He was a dreamer. He interpreted dreams. And it didn't matter what environment he was in, that thing still worked. That thing was still working. That word in him, that purpose in him, that that divine call was still 
operating and working even in situations that look like it is over. I mean, when he was in the pit, it's over. He sold into slavery. It's over. He sold to, to, to Potiphar. It's over. He's accused of rape. It is over. He's in prison. It is over. But it wasn't over. It wasn't over. It ain't over till God says it's over. All right. It ain't over until God says it's over. So he interprets um, um, Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh's blown away. He actually gives him wisdom. Says, look, man, there's gonna be seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. During the seven years of abundance, hey, let's, uh, let's store this stuff so we can withstand the seven years so the land isn't ravaged. And uh, Pharaoh listens and Pharaoh does the same thing, elevates him. And the Bible says that he puts them over the whole land of Egypt, that nobody lifted a foot or a hand without Joseph knowing. Once again, Joseph trusted, trustworthiness, all right? How many of you know, we're, we're talking about making room. God was making room for this man. God was making room. He was in constraints. He was in he was constrained. He was put in something. He was put in an environment that was excruciatingly um, harmful. A dungeon, constraints for years. Put in a pit, constraints. Slave, a slave. Not much options there. But even in these narrow environments, God was making room. Every time God was making room. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, so before the famine hits, um, and Potiphar gives him a wife. All right. So before the famine hits, um, not Potiphar, a Pharaoh. Pharaoh gives him the wife. He has two sons. All right. Uh, let's read this. Let's read it. Genesis 41 verse 50. Genesis 41, verse 50 to 52. And, and to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. So before the famine came, he had his sons, um, who Asenoth, the daughter of Petipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Verse 51, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God made me forget all my toil, all my toil, my distress, um, heaviness, my depression made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. There were things in him that were wounded because of his father's house. He, his home life was something he wanted to forget. All right. Verse 52, and the name of the second he called Ephraim, which is one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, for God has caused me to bear, to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. I'm telling you right now, divine purpose in you enables you by God's grace, gives you the capacity to be fruitful while in affliction, to be fruitful while in constraints, to be fruitful while falsely accused, to be fruitful while rejected, to be fruitful while uh, treated as less than, uh, to be fruitful while others are envying, to be fruitful while others are hating. 
He's like, man, I'm going to name these kids this. This is, man, God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. This is, this is the point here. This is my next point. God's concern is fruitfulness. That was, that's one of our, our prayer focuses for our fast is that we would grow in faith and that our roots would go deep. What is that saying? Our prayer for you is that you're fruitful this year, that you're fruitful, that you bear fruit, that you increase in what you're called to do, that you are fruitful. What does that mean as far as Joseph? This is what it means. No matter where he was, Joseph was in a pit sold into slavery, and yet he was a blessing to the people and the environment he was in, to Potiphar's house. He was falsely accused of rape, thrown in prison, in prison, yet he was a blessing to the prison staff and the leadership. He was a blessing. He was a blessing. What is fruitfulness? Being a blessing to the environment you're in. When a tree is fruitful, it is a blessing in where it is planted. It is bearing fruit. You plant an apple seed, apple trees grow, uh, apple tree grows, a tree produces apples, it is fruitful, it is a blessing. It is a blessing, it is increasing, it is a blessing. Joseph was a blessing no matter where he was put, no matter where he was planted. He was not a high maintenance, low impact individual. Joseph was low maintenance, high impact, all right? He was fruitful. God's concern is fruitfulness. Now, when God's concern is fruitfulness, what does that tell us? It tells us that our comfort isn't always his concern. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit won't comfort you, not saying God's presence doesn't bless you, but how many of us know that God's whole purpose for our life isn't so we feel good, it is so we are fruitful. Are there moments and times where he literally comforts us and his presence blesses us? Yes, but God's concerned. God's more concerned with fruitfulness than our comfort. Hallelujah. You see it in Joseph's lives, all right? So here we go. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. Here it is. This, this, this really speaks of the greatness of what Joseph did and, and what God caused him to do. Here it is. We're talking about making room. Proverbs 18, verse 16 says this, a man's gift makes room for him. Somebody say, make room. Say it again. Say, make room. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Divine purpose was deposited in Joseph as a teenager. He accepted it. He obviously received it. And even when he suffered and went through trying times, that gift made room for him and made room for him in Potiphar's house and made room for him in the prison and made room for him in the Egyptian uh, world and empire. He, that gift made room for him. All right, I wanna encourage you today. I wanna encourage you today. Uh, what you uniquely have to offer today creates open doors for you tomorrow. Okay, I'm gonna read some things from my notes and I just felt in my heart and my spirit to just speak over you and to bless you today. When you uniquely, 
when what you uniquely have to offer today creates open doors for tomorrow. All right? That's what a gift is. It is our unique offering. Gift is this, enablements or capacities that are divinely disposed upon, upon individuals. That's what is on you. You are enabled and you have a capacity, a unique capacity, and you are divine, and it has been divinely bestowed upon you. All right. And, and it says that that's what that, that, that divine endowment. Okay. That div- divine bestowment, that which has been bestowed upon you is extending you, enlarging you, opening wide. It is broadening your territory. That's what divine purpose does. Divine purpose operates regardless of the environment. I actually believe that suffering, affliction, and trials are actually fertile soil for divine purpose to flow and operate. You see it in Joseph's life. He seemed to be almost most effective when he was in constraints. He almost seemed to be elevated the most when the environment wasn't favorable. But that gift made room for him. That gift enlarged his territory. That gift made room for him in his purpose. Hallelujah. Look at When we're obedient to the call of God, God causes us to bear fruit even in unfavorable seasons. All right? Your life is not about your gift. Our life is about God. It's about him. Our gift is a means to worship. All right? It is a method. Our gift, what we offer the people in our world, that what God has divinely bestowed upon us is a method or means to worship. It is not a thing that we worship. All right? So this story of Joseph isn't really about him. It's about God's hand. It's about God's sovereignty. It's about God's blessing. All right? It's a, that your gift is a tool within the purpose of God. It is a method or means to worship, not a thing that we worship. Your gift is making room. Your gift is making room. Come on, you see in Joseph's life, your gift is making room. Your gift will make room. Your gift is making room. Your gift is making room. All right? Your gift is making room. All right? This is my last point, and it's a declaration. It's a declaration. And it says this, I am stepping into a broad place. I'm stepping into a open space. I'm stepping into a roomy space. God, my gift is making room. I'm stepping in to a broad place. Say it with me. Say, I'm stepping in to a broad place. Say it again, church. I'm stepping in to a broad place. All right. That's what God did. Now, now we don't have time to get to the whole end of the story here, but his relationship with his brother, his father were restored and they literally bowed down before him as an act of honor. And so it was fulfilled. That dream was fulfilled specifically, overtly, emphatically was fulfilled. They bowed down. But this was a, this wasn't a, they're less than, I'm better than you. This wasn't a domineering thing. They were threatened by his dream. They were fighting against the very blessing that was in their future. 
Be careful. Don't, don't envy other people's gifts. Don't hate other people for what, when they're called to do what they're going to do. Right? Shut that down. Shut that sinful nature down. Don't allow that to operate in your life because the very thing you're hating on could be the very thing that's going to bless you. The very thing you're trying to shut down, the very thing you're trying to kill in other people, the thing you're hating, come on now. Don't be a hater. Be a celebrator, right? Celebrate other people's call and gifts. Celebrate their dreams. Celebrate their vision. Um, you know what I mean? Encourage them in their vision. You don't know. That very thing can come back around and actually bring a blessing on your life, right? They were hating on the very thing that was going to preserve them and brought his old family into Egypt. Blessed them. Blessed them. Had them covered. God was elevating Joseph, not for Joseph. God was gifting Joseph. It wasn't for Joseph. Yes, it blessed him. Yes, it encouraged him. Yes, it gave him purpose. But the whole purpose was for them, right? Everything God has put in you, it's for people. It's for somebody. Joseph was in a place of authority, but if you really look at it, he was in a position to serve. He served them. He was there with his brothers. He had the Egyptian guards and the Egyptians um, exit the room. And then, because he didn't want them to know. But then restored. Relationship, he revealed himself. And their relationships were restored. Your gift is making room. Come on, somebody say it one more time. Say, I'm stepping into a broad place. All right, I have one more verse. One more verse and we're going to close. 2 Samuel 22, verse 17 to 20. This is also in the book of Psalms. It's actually a psalm of David. And, he said, and this is what he says. He's sent from above. He Listen, when we, when we read this, uh, think of Joseph's life, okay? He's sent from above. Somebody say divine calling. Say it when we say divine purpose. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Verse 18, he delivered me from my strong enemy. Think about Joseph. Think about his journey. From those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. You notice in every situation, he had no option. He had no option to resist. He, he felt as though no option. Verse 19, they confronted me in the day of my calamity or prevented me, prevented me, hinder. It really means, that word means uh, they confronted me in the day of my calamity. They, 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 they come in front of, to hinder. He shares his dream and they, they hinder him. They share his dream. He shares his dream. They prevent him. He's falsely accused. He's prevented. He's hindered or presumably hindered, presumably prevented. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. Here it is. But the Lord was my support. Verse 20. He also brought me out into a broad place, into a roomy space, into an open space. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I want to encourage you here this year. You, we're all going to go through things. There are trials in our future. There is 
calamity. There is distress. That's what is in this world. There is that. That is a reality. Can't fast it away, can't pray it away. But I'm telling you, if we remain faithful through the suffering, faithful through the trial, faithful through the calamity, faithful through the constraints, faithful through the distress, God will bring us out into a broad place. Father, I just thank you today for what you're doing inside the heart of your people. I pray you bless them. I pray you keep them. I pray in Jesus' name that divine purpose, as, as it was with Joseph, even in our process, even in our suffering, even in uh, those misunderstanding us, even through those and being around those that literally hate what God is doing in our life, I pray in Jesus' name that their gift and their purpose would be ignited, would, would, be, would be released and manifest even in the worst of environments. We thank you, God, that we are people of divine vision. We are people of divine dreams. We are people, God, of divine purpose and the divine plan. So we thank you, God, that this year we are going to walk in divine purpose. We are going to fulfill your purpose, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.